This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash geekade. Now on with the show. Warning, the Paper Cuts podcast has bad language and spoilers, so cover your f***ing ears. And thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts Podcast, Volume 2, Issue 3, hosted by GeekAid.com. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and join me, joining me this week is my co-host, Evan Goldstein. <laughs> Flippity-dippity-doo. <laughs> That's what it went to, flippity-dippity-doo. See, I feel like it's okay if we mess up the intro for Paper Cuts Volume 2, because there's like... 121 episodes of volume one <laughs> that I nailed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bang up job on all of them. Don't go back and check. Every no, one of those episodes Take... were professionally done, mm. never off the rails. No. It's, so, as, it's as if so someone else good. did them. It, almost. almost. I mean, how you been, man? I am doing well, sir. That's um, good. I, 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 so. I wanted to try and start watching um, The Boys Season 2. Yeah. And every time I start it, I go, damn, I don't have 12 hours of my life to donate <laughs> to the show right now, so I'm not going to start. <laughs> mm. But uh, See, um, now, I, I was thinking of starting The Boys Season 1 <gasps> because I am so far behind on Shame. TV shows. And then <laughs> and when, when I do pick a show to watch, it ends up being ratchet. And that show fucking sucked. <laughs> okay. I am so disappointed. Uh, uh, okay. I, why? What What made you head down that path? I love the Nurse Ratched character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. I really like the way the American Horror Story dude uh, does his shows. I don't like... See, and that's the thing. I didn't like American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I see you use a lot of other words there. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I made it as far into Ratchet as I usually do in American Horror Story. Like I usually make it three or four episodes into a season where I go, no, solid four I, and a half. No, minutes. yep, I'm out. What, is it? what were we at, watching at this point? Oh, um, for Twet, we ha- um, I chose uh, Lovecraft Country. Oh, I love that show. I could. I, the first episode killed me. Like, mm. it was so boring. It It is not a great first episode. It's a great first 10 minutes. It's not even first 15 to 38 seconds. Because <laughs> uh, was it Jackie Robinson? Jackie Robinson destroys Cthulhu with sort a bat. Of? That's like, perfect. Yes! If that was the rest of the show, I would be in for four seasons in a movie. <laughs> but that's not what it was. What it was was a lot of driving. 
It was. It get, oh, man, and there's racism. so much good. Lots of driving and racism, yeah. which is not what I expected from the opening, unless you are racist against Cthulhu and or people from another planet. And if you are, how very dare That's you? That's not right. That's absolutely wrong. Yeah. I mean, if your stance is like, black people are cool, white people are cool, Chinese people, Japanese people, everybody's cool. But if you got tentacles, fuck right off. Fuck like, that if Cthulhu that's your right line. There. Right there in that tentacle. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. So comic books, man. Yeah. Um. It, it, so this is kind of the interesting thing, right? Because doing this show once a month, um, there was stuff that I wanted to talk to you about that I've already forgotten about. Like, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> uh, just, so let's, let's do this comic news. Click. Let's see what Google tells me to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, because like the uh, a Did we week talk about after Chadwick. We, yeah, a week after the first episode release, like Chaz, Chadwick Boseman just fucking passed away, like out of nowhere. Nobody knew he was sick, and it it just. I mean, what a goddamn gut punch, man. Yeah, that, like was, that. that was a rough one. That one really hit me. And I, I can't really uh, put my finger on why that one hit so much more well, than like anyone else this year. Because this year has been such a cavalcade of horseshit. <laughs> Hold on. How do you spell cavalcade? And are we okay with putting horseshit in the title? <laughs> I am 100% okay. okay with it. C-A-V-A-C-A-T. C A V A L C A D E. Yeah, cavalcade. Yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> my God, but yeah, that one. I mean, I think it's the fact that that nobody knew that he was sick. Well, um, right. what this is for me, the so, surprise. Yeah, surprise right out the gate that automatically intensifies it. But then, with everything that is going on in the country right now, you you add to it what he was for he may not have been that for me but sure ha having what he was for for others like that yeah. makes it more important and unfortunately the world that we live in right now you look at that and you go i'm feeling bad for those that sh are, i know are feeling bad and you add yeah. that on top of it and it the, it speaks volumes what that guy did for the you know this culture that not only the comic book community but just the black community in general like yeah i, I it huge i mean the 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 impact that that movie had culturally on on the black community in this country and around the world cannot be understated i mean going no. going to that movie on opening day and standing in line where i was the minority in a you know in a predominantly white town where i went to see the film and I was the minority in line. Right. And that was awesome. Yeah. That's how it should be. We should have this diversity. Like, you know, when when you have these characters that have these rich histories and these cool stories to tell, everybody should get to see themselves up on screen. Uh, you know? And, and, and yeah, you're right. Just that, that shock, like, not knowing. And, oh, my God. Like, it just, it hit like a punch, and, you know? And on top of that, like... We at Gigay do the 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 Petathon and like mm -hmm. colon like that's he that's what he died of colon cancer like that, and the fact should we should have if we, it had been known we should have known about it kind of thing right right <laughs> and it just and but I mean you got to respect the man's privacy Absolutely. and his wife's privacy and and all of that and and more power to him for being sick 
and still making all of those movies. Mm-hmm. I'd still right? be like, Black fucking Panther. I mean, yeah, Christ. I mean, the, the, the thing that really got me, that really broke me up about it, was seeing the pictures and, and coming to the realization that when he was going to visit kids in the hospital who were dying of cancer, he was too. Right. But he went as Black Panther and made their day better. Mm-hmm. And we could all stand to be a little bit more like Chadwick Boseman, man. You know, he like was being he's a superhero. He really was like as cheesy as that sounds. You know, these yeah. these these comic book things that we uh, you know wax poetic about and that sort of thing. Like, but he was. He had that impact, and it's just gone way too soon, man. Mm-hmm. Way too soon. And in a, in a year, like I said, just a cavalcade of horseshit that this year has been, that was just like, come on, man. Like, really? Yeah. No. I mean, not... the Tiger King is still alive. Right. But Chadwick Boseman that... is, is gone. That Yeah. Uh, but Carol Baskin's husband, also not alive, because she fed him to the tiger. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oopsie. <laughs> oops. Sent to the tiger. Yeah, we're going... Oops, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, so just goddamn gone way too soon for for Chadwick Boseman. And it it makes, you know, the shitty thing is, is that the first question a lot of people had, myself included, like, I'm not I'm not going to pretend that I didn't immediately think about, like, well, what do they do with the movie now? (laughs) You know, like, do do you go to Shuri? Because that's happened in the comic books. Mm -hmm. That that makes sense. That works. Do you recast? No. No, no, right? no, you, no, you can't recast Absolutely T'Challa. Not. No, that can't happen. So, do you bring back Michael B. Jordan in a redemption arc and put him Ooh. in the title role? I, you know, I, that that is a possibility. I do not think they're going to go that route. They will, they will take one of the female leads and and put her in the mantle. Like that's they did such a good job, all of them in the first film and every you know right. foray after that whether it be in, a, in another title that that's in my opinion that's the way they should go i don't think you know i don't think michael b jordan would be the it'd be cool to see but i don't think that's the right play because he he was the bad guy right he right was the villain and he was not cool about being the villain <laughs> <laughs> no he was kind of a dick about it you know what i'm saying like there was there was very little redemption to be found yeah. in that storyline so yeah, no, I think I think it has to be uh it has to be Shuri. You can put Shuri in there and that would be and I think that would be super cool. Yeah. You know, there there's precedent in the comics for doing it. Um, you know, I would agree that there's no way you can you can recast him. No. Like that that part's just that's what that was. Yeah. We're done with that now, moving on. <clears throat> yeah, I know? mean like the same thing happened with uh Batwoman. Yeah. Like, they, you can't recast that. You can't go. Oh, that didn't happen. Don't look over here. Don't look mm-hmm. at that first. No, you can't do that. You, 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 you cast another character and you move on and you do your writing job and create a good story that makes me want to watch it. Right. I mean, because it, it's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not necessarily uh, unfamiliar with recasting roles. We're on our third Hulk. We're on our second Rhodey. Um. You know, yeah, but that was about my attitude. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a sec. 
<laughs> but I, I think the, the role is just, it's too iconic, man. Like, I just, I don't think you can touch it. And yeah, The Hulk one has always surprised me because they tried to, to, well, the first one, not so much. They did not try to put that into the MCU. The second one, they did. They were trying desperately to get him and that that version of the character into the MCU. And they're like, nope, let's just go this way. Yeah, we're just going to ignore the fact that Iron Man is at the end of that one talking to General Ross. Uh, Such a shame, too, man. I loved Edward Norton in that role. I love what Ruffalo's doing, too, but... Yeah, but man, Norton was fantastic. And it it was... See, I don't know what it is about... I like Ruffalo a lot. I like his his presentation of the the brain aspect of it. But Norton's physicality of the character was a better banner he was it was yeah i thought so trailer i guess is a better way to, to, to say it and yeah ruffalo's certainly a beefier dude than edward <laughs> norton he's uh he's kind of scrawny pants yeah which is what banner but, should be right like yes. that's yeah that's kind of so the point of banner it's just it's i don't you know it's not fair i i'm not the right guy to ask because you know i have watched will watched anything that is comic book related sure i will I will probably own it or steal it in some way, shape, or form. I do, ha- and this is the, this is my go-to. I am a fan of the Green Lantern movie, and I do own Halle Berry's Catwoman. So yeah, I mean that last one I wouldn't admit to. I own the I, Green Lantern movie. I don't understand why that got so much slack. I don't. I don't hate that movie I as much as it. everybody else does. Says I don't should. love it, but yeah. I mean I don't. It's I've. I've seen Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. And I was yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. seen I've seen Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. I've seen as much as I love you know, I'm starting to realize here as I'm thinking about it, as much as I love Dolph Lundgren for a lot of the things he's done, he really destroyed the Punisher and also did not do a great job in the Masters of the Universe movie. And you know how I feel about He Man in the Masters of the Universe. I, I so, do but I put the blame on Monica for the Masters of the Universe movie. <laughs> or that little she fucking wizard dude. That, what, oh, God, what was his name? War, the gremlin. Oh, I have no idea. God, it was so on, bad. Now. It was so bad. I'm so excited <laughs> for what there, Kevin there Smith is going to do. There was a musical element to the magic? I don't yeah, understand. I just, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Frank Langella's Skeletor. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> What is even happening here? Why are you doing you this know, it's to funny. me? The, you know, you've seen those memes, those, those small vignettes of Skeletor yeah. dancing with He-Man yeah. dancing. You've seen those. Mm-hmm. Those are a better version of Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. 100%. Unequivocally. Unequivocally. Yeah, I am uh, I am very excited for what uh what Mr. Smith is going to uh to unleash on the world with with his uh Masters of the Universe. Series I will never on forget Netflix. seeing that voice cast. I was like, "What? Did, did, no? Y- yes? Yep. Gal. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. I mean, you had I me. No, I Hamill, wanted this, but now I want but, this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know how bad I needed this in my life. But oh my god, why isn't it here yet? <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, uh, you don't. You don't need to interact with people to voice record. That's very we're, true. We're not in the same room right now. We're doing it. Oh, wait. Shh. Ruining the magic. (laughs) Oh, so Um, let's see. Yeah. New York Comic Con happened this week. 
Did it? I didn't even notice that. Digitally, My God. apparently. <laughs> I am uh, I am unprepared for hosting this evening. No, I, I, it's funny because I do a bunch of other podcasts, one of which is a Smallville episode-by-episode episode podcast called Save This Podcast. Yeah, yes. check it out on Geekade. You um, should. But they did a virtual panel, you know, for, for a couple of the actors. And yeah. they it was titled New York Comic Con, whatever, Virtual Con or blah, blah, blah. But that's when I went, oh, <laughs> shit, they're still – that's right. It's October. It should be that's New York Comic Con time. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So man, I, when I, when that, I saw I, Fandom, I definitely thought like everybody was like just giving up. And yeah, like, I thought no. so too. So, But I, I do know that they have made a bunch of announcements around one of the things that I wanted to bring up. Sure. Because I have been reading, um, you know, the, the last time we were doing paper cuts, we were all into uh, Space Venom or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> yes. The, the Venom in Outer Venom Space, space thing. Space Venom Night. Space Venom. Night. Yeah. <laughs> it was whatever. awesome. Yeah. Right? It was so good. There and was Owl Tits. Dude, I will oh, never the forget. Oh, the <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying <laughs> yes Altitz is exactly what i was saying um god so going in and like i restarted the uh the venom book now when they rebooted it uh like last year right and all the stuff that they are doing with venom and carnage and, and really like truth be told the reason that i restarted it is because uh, the new line of Marvel Legends figures <laughs> is coming dog. out and yeah. um the carnage that is so so the whole line is uh, is venomized stuff, okay. Okay. right? So you got movie Venom, you got uh, uh, Gwen Stacy um, from Into the Spider Verse from the the animated flick. She's venomized, the venomized Miles Morales, and then Carnage is in there as well. And when and you say venomized, is it like the is it like the paint of the OG character with? the venom tendrils on it or are they adding to the figure is they're it, they're is it adding to job? it like the, okay. the cool thing about the the gwen character is like the bottom like the scarf bit of her hoodie mm -hmm. is venom's like tongue <laughs> and the whole hood is the mouth it's very cool and like and they're doing a uh, a rise of the midnight suns morbius and Ooh. that's the one that i'm definitely buying like i already pre-ordered it because <laughs> i love me some <laughs> <laughs> Some Rise of the Midnight Suns. That is, that's like my jam right there. Oh. But, <laughs> and the Morbius toy I have is g garbage. So I yeah. have to replace it. Of course. Um, that's, see, but, that's the perks of being an adult, kids. It is. You can I replace can just your do toys. That. Yeah, I can do that now. In the last two weeks, I've added seven Marvel Legends in here, I think. I just got a gray gar gargoyle Marvel Legend because it's. Awesome. Yeah, it's wait, real good too. Wait, Gargoyle, Marvel Legends. Okay. So immediately my I heard Grey Gargoyle and I thought Gargoyles from Disney. And then I went, no. fuck, I want that. And <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Okay. But no, we're on track. Got it. Go. Yeah, no, very, very different thing. So anyway, the the carnage that is coming out in that line had like the weird swirly do on the head. And I was like, what the fuck is the weird swirly do on Carnage's head? Oh, I, the I know I have yeah, I haven't read this in a while. I was like, is, is it Bullseye Carnage? Like, what is going on? So I started reading the book again, and oh my God, that series. Really? Is so crazy. It's, first of all, it's really good. Second of all, we are retconning the symbiotes way back into history. Okay. The main big bad, Null, is the god of the symbiotes and is like the god of darkness. And in January... <laughs> 
um, there is a whole crossover big event thing happening called the King in Black. And apparently he is coming back and he's just taken over the world with symbiotes again. But like symbiote dragons and Ooh. shit. And yeah, I'm super into it. If if you're listening to this and you are not reading the Venom book, um, and then the because this has all happened already. So Absolute Carnage, uh, the Web of Venom stuff that came out. Do yourself a favor and get caught up on that because it's really cool. Like they have done a really good job of making this work. Like in the history of the Marvel universe, like old school Nick Fury with you know in like nom and shit like putting symbiotes on soldiers and whatnot no, like flash really? thompson yeah flash thompson was not the first time they had done this like it's crazy yeah I st- and it's good i really like it i was checking out the venom book back like i don't even remember when it was but he was like he was ba- internally battling stuff like there was a child involved he had a dog venom like yeah there's yeah, so was... yeah, he the the kid that's there is Eddie Brock's kid. He hasn't told his kid, like he's telling he keeps telling him he's he's his older brother and whatever. There's a strained relationship with Eddie's dad right. and all that. And the the Venom symbiote is like they've given such a per all right, so spoilers, right? I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. I thought it was one of the most clever things that they did with it, is that the symbiote is, you know, part of a part of the the race of the symbiotes uh the the clintar is the race right like in the it's not the planet it's a word that translates for jail and what what people previously thought was a planet of the symbiotes is actually millions of symbiotes wrapped around the god null to keep him locked up because he's a fucking psychopath um so that's that's kind of a cool twist but the symbiote that eddie has is Eddie was not the first human that the symbiote bonded to. Um, it has a whole past, and because the symbiote needed to be um, needed Eddie to need him, then the symbiote manipulated Eddie's memories. So, like, there's this whole bit in there where Eddie keeps talking about his sister who died of cancer and his uncle who died of cancer and the fact that he went through all his cancer treatments and all of that. Turns out, none of that actually happened. It was just the symbiote fucking with him. Like, the symbiote made him get sick so that the symbiote could then heal him. Wow. And it was like, wow, this is like... Wow. yeah, it's a crazy story. That is and manipulation I, on a new level. Oh, yeah, so now Eddie is furious, you know, and it's this really interesting relationship dynamic because, yeah, he does need the symbiote now because there's a fucking symbiote dragon coming, you know? like <laughs> yeah. I'm not just going to go out there and be like, oh, please. <laughs> please don't. It's the, I mean, it's it's really, really good and really creative and clever. And, like, the artwork has been really solid. It is an awesome, awesome book. And I'm very excited for the stuff that we're getting in January. Um, I think it, it's probably going to start, like, last week of December or whatever. Um, right. There is uh, the Thunderbolts. Like, I'm looking right now. Thunderbolts is getting relaunched in January with a King in Black tie-in. Like, this is going to be a big Marvel Universe, like, line-wide event. Okay. So yeah. they're finally doing the symbiotes as a line one of it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I and like and out. like we've they've done it before, you know, you've had like Planet of the Symbiotes and the Symbiote Manhattan thing and 
Um, that was a couple years ago. Uh, the Venomverse like stuff that's happened, but this is, I mean, just huge, 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 and good for Donny Cates, man. He has been putting in work on this book, and this has been what what I think is so cool about it is that we're getting references to stuff that was in the Venom Space Knight stuff. Like <laughs> it, it is a whole long story that he has been telling. And the fact that he's gotten to do that, awesome. Yeah, that, so, that so hardly cool. ever happens when, when someone gets to, you know, tell the full story and not pass it off to another, you know, uh, team, if you will, and watch it go horribly awry. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I mean, just outstanding. So that has been really cool. And have you started reading The Three Jokers? Not yet. You have made, you oh. made comment. Um... <sighs> No, I have no excuse for it either. I mean, I it's my it's my football. Uh, my the, there is, I I have not read DC books in a long, long time. Yeah, and that, um, that was the thing. Like I I started, I I enjoyed their Black Label stuff, and then when I saw this coming out, I was like, is is this something? I want to get involved with because you know DC has burned me before yeah yeah they they uh they have a tendency to do that mm. you know and like I I mean I haven't I the the last DC book that I picked up regularly was um the Scott Snyder Batman stuff yeah and he hasn't been writing no. Batman in a while so it's been a very long time since I have been a regular DC reader, and they are doing really good stuff with the uh, the Joker War stuff that's going on in the Batman books. I have no idea what this death metal thing is. Like, I, yeah, I don't know like, anything about that. Like, a whole, like, like, it seems like everybody's dead at one point. I like, I don't know, but I'm looking at the yeah, fact the that deceased or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's just a bad pun. I hate that. <laughs> I'm looking at the three Jokers, and it is. Black Label, which is out of continuity. Right. Like, that's that's my worry about it, is that if it is a really good story and it's out of continuity, it's just going to be, for you know, a one-off or, you know, whatever it is. Like, if they're taking this... I I hate... He okay, I'm too mind of it. I love hearing that a great comic book story has come out. I hate right. hearing the fact that it is out of continuity and will not... will be ignored from this point forward. Like, that's... Yeah, that's, yeah. That's... I, 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 see, and what's interesting about this one is that they are pulling from previous continuity. Okay. Like, this is steeped in previous continuity. Yeah. And, like, the three Jokers, like, there are three different Jokers, and there always have been. Okay. Like, there is the Bob. Joker... Yeah, His name is there Steve, is Juan and Raul. <laughs> Basically, like the—that's the crazy thing about this is like the Joker that shot Barbara is mm -hmm. different than the Joker that beat Jason Todd half to death, which is different from the Joker who originally fell into the vat of acid. Like, they're three different people, and they always have been working together. That's a lot. And it's fucking... It's so... It's deep. 
man, but it works. They are making it work. Right. And I am I am blown away by this book. I am enjoying it so much. And there is a moment in the first issue between the Joker that beat Jason Todd half to death and Jason Todd that is such a powerful moment. Like, it's one of the most just gut-wrenching, chilling things that I've ever ever read in any comic book ever like so much that i was reading it on the couch and like tiff is trying to watch the news about like important shit that's happening in the world and i was like babe put the tv on mute i'm gonna read a comic book to you and i didn't she was like you're an asshole but also <laughs> that was super crazy Grow the fuck up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean just a, a massively cool interesting story that they are telling and i another one that how I far is it very I did, how many books is it going to be is it going to be three i think it's only three books okay i think again as as referenced a few minutes ago i didn't even know new york comic-con was happening <laughs> we're doing a comic book podcast right now well so see, maybe listen, might not be the best person to ask that's very true but we are our main thing our main focus is hey you should be reading this shit and that may not necessarily be the new shit. So that's very, very true. Yeah, this this book that we're going to talk about in a little bit is oh. definitely not a new book. No, it ain't. Oh, but, oh my goodness, oh, so good. So. Um, last thing that I wanted to bring up, um, that really struck me as something that I think is very, very cool, and I am very excited about, is it appears from reputable sources that both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield <laughs> to have talk, officially to to signed on <laughs> to the next Spider-Man movie. And how is that possible? Are we getting a live-action Spider-Verse? I think we are. Because that would be phenomenal. Because right, the cartoon right, because, was fantastic. I'm sorry. That was a, fan, a, uh, a, a wonderful movie. I will go as far as to say as the the animated into the spider-verse is the best spider-man movie that has been made i i think it is that good uh, okay i will give you that i, I, it's I up really there. really do it's, very, it's I mean, very much up there i love tom holland i love spider-man 2 like the toby Maguire spider-man 2 I thought wait, wait, with Doc two? Ock. Oh, with Doc Ock. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just uh, what? Not, what not a goddamn the three movie. Three was the the. Yeah, yeah three, three was, was Venom Man. and Sandman and and emo uh, Spider Man, Green Goblin or Hop Goblin or whatever James Franco was supposed to be. And the dance um, number. Don't forget the dance. And the number. dance number. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, but I mean, it's Sam Raimi. I'm kind yeah, of, of I'm kind I'm of shocked surprised. that <laughs> it took three movies to get a dance number into it. He's a goofy dude <laughs> but into the spider-verse is just this really beautiful um incredibly well-told story, story just really cool look um they just really really nailed it uh the fucking spider ham is just John <laughs> there's a short uh spider ham short if you've <laughs> oh, never so seen good. oh my it's gosh so funny good. I don't, I will never be able to to read spider ham and not hear John Mulaney's voice yeah. like and from that first trailer, that it can get weird. I was like, "Yeah, are there oh talking God. animals on your planet?" <laughs> I don't want to freak them out. <laughs> oh, I mean, just out, outstanding. So, the the next Doctor Strange movie, right, is called the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. So, like, we're officially 
once the Avengers went back in time in Endgame, mm-hmm. like we we have a multiverse now. Like everything is skewed. Yes, I agree so, with that. Yes, I like your train of thought. Keep going. I I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get a full fledged like all three Spider Men like teaming up and swinging in to take out Green Goblin or but anything. How fucking cool would that be? Oh my god! It doesn't I even have to so happen bad, all though. on screen. Like okay. I've always said this, and I'm getting a Moon Knight television show, so I would be yes. okay for Moon Knight to show up in any of the Marvel movies, and all mm-hmm. he would have to do is swing through the background. That would be yeah. enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Just think yeah, I, about if all of the spider people, just in the next <sighs> Homecoming Part 2, I'm back home. <laughs> they, home like, again. Home alone. <laughs> Wait, they've done that one. It's, it's, like, it's a very uh, different movie. <laughs> Seeing Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Oh my God, I want it so bad. <laughs> I want it to happen so bad. That would be just incredible. Yeah, I'm. I'm so. I'm so on board. And I know DC is doing the same thing with uh, with the next Flash movie. Like yes. it's going to be Flashpoint and Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer. Well, maybe not Val Kilmer. Like all seven of Val Kilmer. Because I mean, we're Aww. not fat shaming, but Jesus, Aww. Val Kilmer. Fucking have a salad, dude. Jesus Christ. The uh what the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Yeah. Where he played Blunt Man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mm. so Kevin Smith actually had multiple Batmen in one of his movies. Yeah, I mean Kevin Smith is starting to become the Simpsons did it, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> but I mean, I, like, I'm I'm all for that. I think Michael Keaton, like, seeing Michael Keaton on screen with like Christian Bale or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I would be super into that. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm way um, into that idea. In the crossover event for CW, where oh, they yeah. had, yeah, um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, oh my God, the voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy as Batman. Yeah, as Bruce Wayne, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I think I'm done. I think I've seen everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. good. All right, thank you. <laughs> We're done. DC, you now. can stop now. <laughs> Just pull the plug. I'm done. Unplug me from the Matrix and let me be. <laughs> like, see, like when people say, "Who's your Batman?" It's Kevin. Me. It's Kevin Conroy. It's Kevin Conroy. Even yeah, though I he mean, hasn't, he, up until recently, he hasn't dressed up as Batman. But when I read a comic, that's the voice in my head. It, yeah, it ain't Adam West. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's not Adam West. It it flip flops for me between uh, Michael Keaton and Kevin Conroy. It is usually Kevin Conroy. Really, Michael Keaton only creeps in there when like I've thought about Michael Keaton. <laughs> when you like, were watching, you know, like was it Mister Nanny? <laughs> was it? Yeah, something, something like that. And I'm like, oh, Michael Keaton's great. And then I happen to read a Batman comic like the next day. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, That's I see. Sneak it in there. I am I am so glad to hear that you are on board with that because I saw a bunch of reaction online of like this is stupid. Oh, Those movies were trash and they should never be the stuff blah, 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 and I hate fun. Okay, so you you know you've known me for a minute now and I, I have, have never yeah, done yeah. that ever. No, I know. What I have I done is picked it on people and made fun of things to get reactions out of other people. Like, oh, sure, like sure, when I sure. when I inadvertently <clears throat> made fun of uh, Xander just to hear what happened <laughs> to Dean. But like, hey, what, what do I call that? Friendly fire. It happens. Friend- <laughs> it happens, man. <laughs> it happens. No, I am I am so glad that you were on board. I can't imagine anybody 
not being on board with this. It's a cool idea. And the Marvel movies have not done you wrong yet. Not yet. And they ha- they just I just they just need to be careful cuz I'm not going to mention who, but some of them are getting a little older and they sure. can't pull off the like they they the the screen on-screen version of Peter Parker has got has just reverted, has gone back. He is a kid yeah. again. So yeah, no. To, to, the, Tiffany's reaction was, "Isn't Tommy McGuire like seventy eight? I was <laughs> like, "No, he's not." But he's you gotta know. be in his mid forties now, isn't he? he? Yeah, I mean, he was he's, like, he's not in his twenties anymore. Like 38 is what he's when not. He played Spider Man. Yeah, he's a fucking. He's a thirty two year old playing a sixteen year old. I see. I mean, he's so boyish. Here's like, the thing. And, I have I've said this repeatedly, especially since I'm doing a a Smallville rewatch. I feel that sure. television and movies has completely ruined my ability to tell how old someone is. Oh, God, because for yeah. the entirety of my life, I have watched thirty year olds play teenagers. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird. Or watch teenagers play grandmothers because we do horrible things to women <laughs> in cinema. It's bad. It's not good. But anyway. Unless you're uh, Helen Mirren, and then you're just always Ageless. hot, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. Watch your... Yeah. Careful where you're going. Nope. I, right. <laughs> stand by it. Still would. Still would. She wouldn't have me, but still this is would. very true. Very true. <laughs> like, who am I? Helen Mirren, big fan of the show, will not have Dan. Will... <laughs> She's on my uh, she's on my list. She's though. on your card. Is she on your yeah, laminated if... card that's in your wallet? That's yeah, yes, if... people. That was a friend's <laughs> reference. <laughs> was it? It was because you have your top five, and yeah, Ross yeah, yeah. laminated his card and kept it in his wallet. No, I did not laminate mine, but uh, <laughs> but Helen Mirren would be on there. Uh, I see. I'm I'm lie. far too happy in the relationship that I'm in to have it. She's oh wait, she's not in the room. Oh, I've no, never yeah, actually. Thought I was going to say, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Uh, How fair! I would say this shit in front of Tim. <laughs> she has made me take people off my list and put others on. I, Angela and I have had, c- you know, conflicting things where she's like, like, "No, she's on my list," and I'm like, "Well, they, she could be on both of our lists, isn't that possible?" That's right. Like Ryan Reynolds is on my list. I'm sure he's on yours. <laughs> right? He would have to be. <laughs> so, like, I, that's just a given. Um. Anyway, so I'm yeah. looking at. You know, digital distributed comics, and I'm looking at Amazing Spider Man, and the title of it is Amazing Spider Man number 49. Mm-hmm. And then on the cover, it says Amazing Spider Man number 850. Yeah, this uh, this week, right? Yeah, so 850 issues of the Amazing Spider Man. That is really what I was looking to touch upon. How have we think about that? We that so let's say. Now, because they, they're probably doing multiple issues a, a, a month and so on and so forth. But let's say they just did two a month, you know, made it bi-monthly or bi, was bi-weekly. Sure. Um, like, it's going to hit a thousand in no time. And that was a big deal when Action did it first, right? Yeah. Action it did was it Action first, first then detective. detective. Yeah. And, like, Marvel was the youngin'. Yeah. And Amazing Spider-Man was not the first. No. So no. I'm uh, curious. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Um, if you read the back of the Century book, which we will probably chat about in a minute or two, probably oh, yeah, had, had Century gone the, the way it should have, we would have 9,000 
issues by now. <laughs> God damn, Stanley, you are a wordsmith that doesn't know what direction he's talking in. Oh no, God, he was so good though, <laughs> just so. I mean, yeah, and like this, this Spider-Man book, like, kudos to Spider-Man for getting to 850 issues because I, I love Spider-Man, right? Like, I love the theory my, of Spider-Man. Yeah. He has had some really bad years. Yes. Some, like, really, really lame kind of just... Uh, what boy. I call meh issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's been really good recently. You know, and I loved a lot of the stuff, you know, a number of years ago when uh, Umberto Ramos was doing the artwork mm -hmm. on on that book. I love Umberto Ramos's work, like Crimson, when they were doing the uh, DC was doing the cliffhanger line, right. like Crimson, I thought was such a cool book. Again, very uh, 90s Morbius look to, to that. <laughs> I mean, you, it's have, kind you of do like, have a type. I, I do. And I'm not a goth. Like, I'm very much a lum lumber sexual. Um, and I get that. <laughs> And I'm happy in that distinction, but um, but man, like that. Man, now I have to choose between a cavalcade of horseshit and lumber sexual. <laughs> I mean, is there a better way to describe me, sir? No, no. I mean, I didn't I, know that was actually a way to describe someone, but now that I know, it is you. So I'm currently in jeans, boots, and a flannel, like, and, and a beard that's me down at home to your relaxing. <laughs> yeah, like that's me relaxing. I'm not going to work like this, but there is a fucking knife in my pocket and an axe right next to me. I might whittle something while we're doing this podcast. So there is the just, possibility of whittling. Okay, there is a possibility of whittling. <laughs> I'm like a parfait man. There's a lot of layers. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, <laughs> the the Umberto Ramos Spider-Man books, I thought were really good. And, you know, going back to, like, the Mark Bagley stuff. and Yeah, um, I see you, how you like your Spider-Man. You like your Spider-Man gangly. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hated when Chris Boccolo was mm, on, the, uh, on the book. I can't picture that. I, I like Chris Boccolo in, in certain books, and Spider-Man was not it. Okay. Who's doing it now? Because I'm Ryan Otley, okay. the guy who was doing Invincible. Yep, so, yep. yeah. Okay. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's great. <laughs> great. You know, and <laughs> Dan Slott was writing it forever, and Dan Slott, I think, did a lot of really good work with it. And, you know, I mean, I, it's Spider Man, but man, 850 issues is fucking nuts. Yeah, it is. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> it was funny. I was I was at my local my LCS as they say today mm. or the yesterday and we were we started talking shop and it was funny because we were talking about interactions with um famous comic book people whether they be artists yeah. or writers or whatnot and I've had a couple because of my history with conventions and we were talking about Liefeld and I've had it, two interactions interesting with cat. Liefeld. I've I have nothing but nice things to say about him personally he is a mm -hmm. nice guy and seems like a genuinely nice guy i don't know him from the past these have all been recent but as i say this um the gentleman behind the counter is like do you know how do you know why he uh he created deadpool and i went i don't know he wanted a place to put more pouches and, <laughs> and he goes no someone commissioned him to draw spider-man and he couldn't draw the lines on the costume hmm. and i went Shit, I have no problem believing that. 
No, that sounds imminently believable. Like, right? Like, I'd never heard that rumor before. <laughs> you know, you hear the standards, like, he can't draw feet, he has a problem with perspective. Like, I've heard sure. all of those things. Don't I've, we all? Yeah. The what That was a new one to me, and I didn't even second guess. I didn't even go, real? No. I was like, yeah, I buy that. I'll buy that for a dollar. That is a, a buy that for a that dollar. That is a good excuse. And granted, at that point, you it makes sense why Deadpool showed up as a first appearance with four, no, three other first appearances. Yeah, he was. It was they a were just by character kind of thing. I was like, wow, this is all falling into place. Okay, yeah, they were just chucking him out back then. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like, the 90s. Oh, here's a guy. Does that stick to the wall? No? All right, let's try something else. Let's throw more patches. <laughs> something different. We're going to kill this bullets. one. Try something new. Give, give more bullets. <laughs> Are those oh, pecs man, big I've enough? Never, <laughs> I've never heard that either. That's, that's fantastic. But I hope it's true. Do you have any problem I believing hope... it at all? No, God, not even a little bit. <laughs> that's, that was the point. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that... It, checks out. Checks it all makes the, boxes. the most sense. Yes, out of anything. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm trying to think of it, I've never seen a Liefeld Spider-Man. No, not that I can think of. I'm sure he has at some point. But yes, you have. You've seen a Liefeld Spider-Man in a different costume, shooting guns. Yeah. Yeah, That's well, what you've yeah. seen. <laughs> that that is what I've seen. <laughs> I mean, he's a smart ass. He's gangly. You know. Yeah, yeah, no. I like Deadpool. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right, yeah. breaking down walls. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm. I and I've I've heard the same thing about Liefeld that he is a, a lovely person uh, to meet now. Yeah. Well, back when the back when Image started and the artists became the rock stars because of Image and whatnot, like they all got super huge egos and like oh god, and yeah. they were all like in essence kids in a in a in a world that was treating them poorly for so long and then they got fame i get it and yeah no i totally get it some of them of course corrected others have not (laughs) others have still been todd mcfarlane yeah well i mean (laughs) there there are artists out there that are super huge and everybody knows their name and they have done some pretty impressive things for the genre but there is absolutely no reason for them to have an ego the way that they do no you are still a dude who doodles on papers funny pictures and yeah you're supposed uh, to be making people happy let's and charging uh, let's them eighty dollars for your bit. signature does not make people happy oh, I'm man, gonna, it's I've gonna rename that i'm nameless i'm not going to insult anybody personally xander cannon you See, know who i'm talking about <laughs> that's right xander cannon will come for you guns blazing <laughs> and like man i know you know like the professionals that i've met um you know, Darwin Cook was by far the the nicest, uh, most genuine person that I've ever met mm-hmm. um, in the business. Just a, a lovely, lovely person and an incredibly talented dude. If if you have never read New Frontier, oh. um, yeah, Jesus Christ, like that, and that you should like you should, honestly, you should not be allowed to read other comics until you've read that. Yeah, I mean that kind of killed DC for me. I was like, well, well it's not going to be this. Yeah, I don't care. No, granted, I, it that's is, how it good is, it is. It's a specific art style. Like you know, it's that's the other thing. Like you and I have had this conversation. Art is yeah. very subjective. I am an art guy. You are a story guy. I'm an art guy first. You're a story guy first. Like right. I I have a very difficult time looking past art. Um, 
I can look past story. I go, eh, okay, that I, I read that for 30 pages. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but it was pretty. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, there's nothing like dude, having an argument. New frontier. There's nothing that, like having an argument with a person who really likes an artist that you do not like. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Mignola. Yeah, no, and I get, that one I actually get. Like, I understand people who don't like Mike Mignola. Your John Romita Jr. thing is fucking blasphemy, and I don't understand it. The chins, dude. I, the sure, chins. I, I get it. I get that aspect of it. Everything else is perfection. Anywho. All right, you want to yeah, take a break? I'm very, I'm very sorry I, ne I didn't take off of work that one time from a job that I hated to go meet Frank Miller. That would have been cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was a prick. He, no, but. actually. <laughs> so uh, a little backstory. At one point in time, I was working for the Kubert Art School doing audiovisual stuff. And they would have artists come in and do inter or talk to the students. And well, I actually got to sit and record Frank Miller being interviewed. So it was me, those who have heard this podcast before, no Dean and no Matt. So all three of us were at the Cubert School, and we were all three of us were staring down at the soundboard, you know, flipping levers and pushing buttons. And then all of a sudden, from behind us, it was a "Hey guys!" And then I turned and went "Boy, ha ha!" because the crypt keeper was staring at me. But it was Frank Miller, and God bless him, he was a sweet, sweet dude. But that man oh. startled the shit out of me, being as close as he was. <laughs> He's a scary dude. He's a scary and I dude. I love him to pieces, and I hated that job. I only worked there for a year. Yeah. I should have taken off. Should have taken off. I'm a good day. person. I, I, I gave you. I you had the in. I'm telling you. I know. I knew a I guy who knew a guy that could get you in. I know. Next time. And that and that was funny because they all of the students brought things in for him to sign, and everybody's you know bringing in Batman because the, what was the Batman. The new one. The, the Dark Knight. Oh, uh, Dark Knight 2, 2 was at that right? point. It was 2? No? Yeah. 2. Yes. Yeah. Dark Knight 2. Um, and it, because uh, one of the Cubers was doing it, and it, like everybody was there to sign it. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Batman, but I do have this cover you did for Moon Knight once. And he was like, holy shit, I haven't seen this in years. And I went, <laughs> yeah, I know, because you only did one. There you go. You only did it once i don't have any um like i don't have any weird frank miller stuff i mean like the weirdest thing i have of his is probably the uh the complete frank miller spider-man it's like a hardcover right. graphic novel oversized that's kind of weird <laughs> so it's funny because dark knight 2 mm -hmm. had a special black and white hardcover book came out yeah and i was hanging out at one a local shop up north uh, called Eastside Mags, run by mm -hmm. Jeff. He is such a super cool, great guy. The store is awesome. But at that day, he had <clears throat> Emma Kubert in the store uh, doodling. She was doing a, a, a sketch party kind of thing. Cool. And Emma is Andy's daughter, Andy right. Kubert, who did the Dark Knight three or two books. Okay, right. I'm trying to get this story all straight. Now, yeah. <laughs> I would go there and support the artist, and at one point in time, I walk in there, and we're chatting and whatnot, and I go, hey, anybody want coffee? Because I'm going to go run down, get hot cocoa. So I left, and as I left, I saw Andy and his wife walking in, and they were coming into the shop to support 
their daughter, which is awesome. That's really sweet. That's so cool. So I get I go got some hot cocos and some coffees, and I came back. And at that juncture, I was watching Jeff, the owner of the shop, like geek out over Andy. And I I knew Andy. Like I've been to the school. We have worked together. Like he knows me. I know him. And I I always right. stay way to the back. I don't draw attention to myself. But then I saw Jeff ask him to sign a bunch of those covers a bunch of those mm-hmm. books because it had just come out and he had like half a dozen to a dozen of them on the shelf and Andy's right. super nice guy he's like yeah, absolutely what what was funny was is that they were all vacuum sealed that's how they came so they had to tear <laughs> off the plastic to get the signature <laughs> on the book and as soon as the fr- i'm standing i'm gonna say he hadn't seen me yet and i'm standing like 15 feet away because he's paying attention to his daughter and his wife and as soon as he tore open the first one i go oh those were mint in package dude <laughs> <laughs> and he looks up and goes hey how long have you been here i'm like i've been hanging out with your daughter for a minute here i got you some coffee there you go <laughs> there you go that's awesome <laughs> Very nice oh. people. It's, man, come on. Now I got to buy another one. Keep it in the now wrapping. I, uh, 90s mentality. I was getting a screwed down case for it too. <laughs> to the holographic cover. Yeah but, he, yeah, but Jeff got like six to 12 of those books signed because he just wandered into the shop. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, good times. And good for him not charging any money. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's, All right. Uh, let's take a break and uh, come back with our feature topic this evening. Uh, how does Chris do it? You're listening to the Stone Age Gamer <laughs> yeah, on Geek Hit. No. no, you're listening to the Paper Cuts podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by geekade.com. Stick around. Stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week, you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. So this week, uh, well, this month, actually, it was my pick. So last month, we read All-Star Superman to kick off the show. And this uh, month, I wanted us to read The Century from Marvel Comics. So we read the original Century, not the 2005 Volume 2, not the 2008 uh Volume 3, not the New Avengers stuff, none of that. This was the original old school century because I remember sitting in uh, in my parents' bathroom reading a copy of Wizard Magazine <laughs> back in early 2000, and they told this story. And the story that they told in Wizard Magazine was that Paul Jenkins, uh, who had risen to fame at that point in Marvel Comics as the writer of the Inhumans. 
he and Jay Lee did an Inhumans book mm-hmm. um, that is about the only time the Inhumans have ever been good. <laughs> um, well, World War Hulk when he th- he when he flew past the moon, I really yeah. liked that interaction with the Inhumans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, like. The the Inhumans have been riding the success of this Jay Lee book, this Jay Lee and Paul Jenkins book, since like 1999. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's really I, not even that that much success. Like, still, like you ask the average Joe who the X Men are, they could probably name two or three of them. You say, sure, hey, that same average Joe, name me one of the Inhumans. Who's that dude with the the, the forky thing on his forehead? Maybe, 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 maybe that. Definitely not Karnak, who is by far the coolest <laughs> yeah. Inhuman. Yeah. Um, and a really good, like, five-issue series that Warren Ellis did. Anyway. <laughs> but Warren Ellis is problematic, and I think we canceled him. I think. <laughs> I think we got I don't. I, I, I think we did, though. I think there was some something that came out. And it was like, fuck, can't like Warren Ellis anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, so anyway, in, in early 2000, Wizard uh, Magazine, which for you youngins out there... Uh, was a magazine about comic books that used to get published every month. It was the month. Cosmo of comic books. <laughs> and it was so great, right? I loved it. I actually... Wizard was awesome. had most of them. It was so... Like... And they used to have really amazing covers. Like... And they started off originally with, like, all of the comic book characters would be drawn by the big artists of the day. And, like, issue number one was Spider-Man drawn by Todd McFarlane. In a wizard costume, like he had a robe and the hat. That was the, and the thing. Whole thing. Like they all had the hat in on them somewhere, didn't it? Was that a yeah? yeah. That for a while, and then eventually it just got to be they were you stealing know, imagery from the interior of comics and just repurposing it. I remember that yeah. as well. So, eh. but hey, but anyway, still, so getting, and that's getting a, a monthly <laughs> periodical about comics was great for yeah us it was, that time. and it was really well written. Mm-hmm. And it was a high quality magazine, whatever. And like eventually, now like now they just do the Wizard World conventions, which are, um, you know, which we'll get back to at some point, I imagine, we'll if the world ever gets back to normal. <laughs> but I'm reading this issue in my parents' bathroom, right? Because that's where you do yeah. your good reading and your good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and they told this story, this interview of Paul Jenkins having gone to the Marvel Comics offices in New York City. And he grabbed the pile of stuff off of Joe Casada's desk. And this is back when Casada was the editor-in-chief. Marvel Knights was like the biggest thing in the comic book world at the time. He was in charge of that, making his way up the ranks to where he's now like Grand High Pooba. I think is <laughs> I'm so glad you title. went with Pooba. Thank you. <laughs> I do not feel I, as old as I am right now. <laughs> right? It's fucking New Jersey. That's like a thing. Um, so, so... The story goes is Paul Jenkins grabs this pile of shit off of uh, Casada's desk, like a bunch of submissions and stuff that they had found, like cleaning out the offices. And he was going to read it over the weekend. And in the pile of stuff that he found was this character created by Stan Lee and an artist named Artie Rosen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, the character was called the Sentry, and the character predated, um, predated the Fantastic Four, and apparently was published in a couple of issues. But for whatever reason, uh, it, the character they just they dropped it early on, and then went with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So it was this character that had been lying dormant, the first Marvel superhero, right? Huge story, mm-hmm. 
right, breaking news back then of like, we found the actual first Marvel superhero and Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee were going to do this book about it. And, you know, at the end of, so the century is, um, it's a, f a five issue series, like five main books and then four supplemental books that came out. So like a nine issue thing total. And in the back of each issue, there was oh, an yeah. interview of Joe Casada interviewing Stan Lee about the century. <laughs> or about any question that Stan Lee goes, well, like I said before, I don't really remember, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, Stan Lee giving all these answers to this character, like, and, and he was saying that, like, I don't really remember, I don't know why we didn't continue but with it. But it sounds like something we would do. I'll take you know, credit for it. <laughs> sounds like something we would do, yeah. You know, and like, and they had all these old pictures of like old character sketches and villains and concepts and like apparently he debuted in, in Startling Stories number one and whatever and everybody had just kind of forgotten about it. So Jay Lee and Paul Jenkins go on to tell this story about this superhero, the Sentry, and they tell it that way of Robert Reynolds, the Sentry, is one of the most powerful superhumans on the planet. He's the first Marvel Comics superhero, and nobody in the comic book universe remembers who he is. And he doesn't even remember who he is. And as you go through the book, the realization back then, right now it's all been you know brought to light, but back then, the layers started getting pulled back slowly and you started to realize like these motherfuckers like this is all bullshit yeah there was no character that they found they made this entire thing up and wizard played along with it they published things about it Artie Rosen, the guy who drew the century originally, was fictitious. He was not a real they, artist. They even took like this old time. It looked like a naval photo. Yeah, and published it. I was like, damn. They published it. They published an obituary for him because in the same issue that they announced it, they announced, unfortunately, through you know uh, an unfortunate timing, we're just finding out about this character as comic book artist Artie Rosen has passed away. There was no fucking person named Artie Rosen. Like they made I mean, that might shit have been. up. I mean, there might have been a dude named Artie Rosen. We don't want to take anything away from anyone named Artie Rosen. <laughs> I do. Fuck Big you fans of the show, Artie, Artie Rosens. Rosen. <laughs> there were no Artie Rosens that drew the century with Stan Lee. That's and true. all the interview questions that Joe Casada and Stan Lee went back and forth, like they just made that shit up. And it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. I bought it fucking hook, line, and sinker. I, dude. I'm not gonna lie. As so I when I reread this for this recording, I read the trade version of it. And in the trade version, the back of the book is a reprinting of that interview of the wizard article yeah. oh yeah it's and got i'm air that. quoting that interview and yeah. i was like am, am i am i remembering this wrong did this really fucking, is this right? an actual thing <laughs> like it got me twice <laughs> nine issues of an interview and they're not short interviews it's not like four questions no it's like four or five pages of interview in every issue yeah I, and I mean, God bless him. That's effort. God damn it. What a brilliant... Br I mean, dude, like, say what you want about a lot of... The, about Stan Lee, but that dude understood marketing, Showman man. ship. 
he and could knew get it. out there and sell a book and I think the most important thing about it too, like, because in later interviews, like, again, it, you know, so Wizard, a couple months after the last issue of the Century came out, were like, all right, here's the real story, and you know, they they asked Joe Casada, they were like, you know, do do you think fans are going to be pissed that you made this whole story up? And he was like, well, no, it's not like we sold them a bad book right. based on a gimmick, right? Because this book is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of the best things that I have ever read, and I was so excited to hear your thoughts on it because I had not read it in a long time. Yeah. I've read this book multiple, multiple times. I do think it is it is quite brilliant, and so I was really best, excited to hear what you thought about it. The best thing I could say about this book is that not only did I, have I read it multiple times, but I have also read the the... I don't know the interstitial issues, the the sure. the, the Hulk, the Spider Man, the Fantastic Four, and the X Men books that were involved. I don't do that. If it's a, right, neither do I. I don't venture out to check out another title that's tied to a story arc that I'm reading. But this one, I I I was upset that there wasn't more in the Fantastic Four book. That there was no, yeah. there was not more in the Hulk. Now. This character is the the true definition of a flawed individual. Like the, the the superpower comes from a drug. He is cray cray. He yeah. Like every everybody knows something that he does not know, but they don't know that he, he like so much layering of story on this, and it all pays off at the end where you go. Shit, this makes sense why he doesn't remember now because yeah. oh, it's just <laughs> just absolutely brilliant the way they did it. So the first first issue, right? We jump we jump into this story. You know, a, a, mm -hmm. a character we know nothing about, absolutely nothing, and the opening panel is uh this really gorgeous. I love Jay Lee's artwork. I know mm -hmm. he's not for everybody. Um, I remember when I was when I was very young, um, my dad bought me an issue. Uh, so I had to be uh, like 11 or 12 or something like that. Like my dad passed away when I was 13. So okay. it, it was before that. Right. OK. Um, he bought me an issue, an amazing Spider-Man comic. Uh, and it was Spider-Man versus Iron Fist. And it was drawn by Jay Lee. Damn. So <laughs> this is like 1990. 1991 and i was like oh my god this is incredible right <laughs> i was just That's like two what gangly, is this? pointy characters right there too he yeah. is very good at that yeah i was like oh, i've never seen anything that looked like this and then i also got like my issue with nfl super pro and sleepwalker too but <laughs> super you know, pro really <laughs> dude of course man i got i got dude <sighs> everything that came out <sighs> at that time all right anywho <laughs> but so so the first issue of this book opens up and the very first panel is robert reynolds sitting up in bed, screaming, looking terrified with a little blurb that says he's back. It was like, my God, what a first panel. What did I miss? I feel like I've missed something. Right? And that's what this story does so well, is that as you're reading it, if you went into this book with the knowledge that was given to you at the time, <laughs> you felt like you were missing something too. Like it, it messed with you. Yeah. Yes. And 
I, I mean, so so the whole first issue that we go through is getting this explanation of who Robert Reynolds is, and his wife is upset about what's going on, and he's like, he they're going through the typical um, addict storyline here in the beginning. Somebody who has you know a a legitimate addiction to a, a substance. Yeah, and, and, and the, the, the but the the crux of that part of the story is they're making it seem like he's an alcoholic. Yeah. And it's it's as we go throughout the story, yes, he is drinking and he's having like all the telltale, you know, he's got a bottle hidden in a book and like he's he's right. doing this stuff lying on the slide, to his lying wife. to his wife. But that is as the story pro- progresses, he's not an alcoholic. I mean, he might be, I don't know. It's it's what he what he's jonesing for is the past that he doesn't know about. Right. And that's what's in that bottle. Like that is so so deep that to show a, such a, a a character basis. Okay, so Marvel did a thing where very rarely did it have did superheroes have powers from external ingested external external things. Like it, they didn't like it right. when people had to take a pill that showed drug abuse. They didn't like they right they, like they st- stayed away from that and. With the whole mythos of this being hidden and forcing people to forget, like that, that fed into that because it worked. We don't do this. That Marvel doesn't do this. They show a flawed character that is an alcoholic, maybe, but it's wrong. And right, you know, demon in the bottle. Doing this drug is not going to give you superpowers. Right. But and yeah, anywho. I what my favorite part about this whole thing is that within this whole storytelling of from the the view of the present, the art style is Jay Lee present. I don't know who is doing the past stuff that all looks retro, like the 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 the, the yeah the covers and the, the like panels from old books or whatnot. It's still Jay Lee. Is he it? did everything because that, yeah. it's that's completely different art styles and they're fantastic. Oh, 100%, like they, they yeah. he really did like. Reminiscent of classic Spider-Man and 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 Incredible Hulk kind of kind of stuff, and this Kirby crackle in a bunch of panels too, which always oh yeah gets me going. But it's laced in trying to trying to tell you the story without telling you the story, without without giving you too much information. Like they show him taking that drink from the hidden bottle, and behind it is his past self. Acquiring the powers. Now, currently... The power of a million exploding suns. Yeah. Currently, he ain't getting no powers. Mm-mm. He seems to be going crazy. And the further along this storyline goes is he seems to be getting crazier. Now, Yeah, he just seems like a, like a nutty old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so good. So, so It's so good. So good. And then, so as we start going along, he starts to talk about... The void, the, the main void bad guy, his nemesis is the void. Mm-hmm. And every time that he fights the void, he wins. But every time the void comes back, he's stronger. And right. And there's they do a lot of damage. Yeah. A lot like crazy damage, as we find out in a couple issues later. But where we start here, like he's fighting the Avengers and there's some of those old school, you know, Kirby esque classic marvel-esque panels of the century fighting the void and you're like what i mean just what is going on and 
he's out walking around and he eventually like goes into his closet and you know he says like you know not not an outfit but a costume or whatever and he puts on like a leather jacket that has like a blue towel on the back of it that's clothes pinned to his jacket and you're like is this dude just crazy Mm. like what is even happening here this guy but then come to the end of the first issue right he kicks his dog because he starts freaking out and his wife leaves him she says i'm going you know i'm going to my sister's house or whatever you're fucking you you're doing this again you told me you were going to stop right typical again addict story Mm -hmm. and then we come to the end of the issue after he tells her to go and he's flying or he's in pajama pants (laughs) and the a jacket with a cape clothes pinned to the back of it and he's flying in the backyard and it's like i mean okay (laughs) what what is going on and that was the first issue yeah and it was like what (laughs) so what tells okay so the art style tells a lot about the story as well because jay lee has a really good grasp on negative space Jay Lee yeah. tells a story in blacks. Okay. Yeah. Um, he knows how to play with shadows and whatnot. And throughout the entirety of this first issue, uh, Bob is in shadows. Yeah. He's co- he's constantly surrounded by darkness and blacks. And in the flashes, you see what his character was. Um, by the end, where you're saying he is flying. It is he. It's it's bright. He is. It's like he's on a like. It's a beautiful like early morning, sunrisey esque sky, and it's yeah. like he feels the sun on his face. Kind of like like you can see the story progress in just like without words. Like this is this is one of those. It's very difficult to tell a story with non-moving pictures without having the words there but jay lee does right. a really good job of that like, he's, he's one of the remove best. the words from this and get the basis of the story you won't get the full it's like minutiae of it but you get this is a troubled dude he's having a problem with a significant other he kicks his dog he has a revelation of some sort things are up on the up and up so like and that's first issue just pictures no words yeah I, just incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. And then we jump into the second issue, and the very first panel of the second issue <laughs> is Robert Reynolds, still in his pajama pants and jacket, standing on top of uh, the fucking, basically, like, a construction around the Baxter building. <laughs> on the top, on the tippy-tip top of a crane, looking over yeah. the, the, the Baxter building. <laughs> and Mr. Fantastic shows up and is like, Yo. So, uh, <laughs> hey, how you hey. Been? <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get in here? And Rob, the century, Rob Reynolds starts talking to him and he calls him Reed. And it's like, all right, so he knows Reed. Reed has no memory of him. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on? Right. And he starts explaining these things and trying to figure out like people. And he keeps saying to him like people have forgotten me and I don't know why. He's also forgotten himself. Like, he knows right. he's... I don't know who I am. Yeah. You don't know who I am, but I know who you are. And, and I know you're supposed because, to know who I am. <laughs> right. Like, I can feel that you're supposed to know who I am. And, like, what one of the things I love about this issue in particular is just the ridiculousness of Mr. Fantastic 
stretched to the top of a very tall crane in New York City. Like the the mental image of his little feetsies, like standing on the sidewalk somewhere in New York, and the rest of him beat at the top of like a skyscraper. Just, and that and him just standing there talking to a dude in pajamas, like yeah, like just super weird. And like, but but it works. Yes, right, it works. And he they're trying to explain this thing, and you know Robert Reynolds says to him like, you know, I want you to remember the wedding, because mm-hmm. Robert Reynolds is starting to remember these things. And coincidentally, the more that he remembers who he is, the closer, you know, it's happening as the void is getting closer, right? So you're left wondering, like, okay, is this making him remember? Like, thank God he's remembering. If it's this crazy bad guy, you need the guy who can stop him. Right. Right. Well, and, so, and and the other thing that's happening is as he's remembering or as, as he is remembering and has, he's, I don't want to say forcing, but he's persuading others to remember Things come into view, yeah. Like not just figuratively, like the unicorn and the 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 VHS tape. He's like, like Reed goes, like where where'd this come from? Like this was this here before? I've I've never noticed this thing before. I like, and it's front and center, like it's it's there. And the more you could see that, the, like there's a, a mask being removed or, or or a fog being lifted as yeah. this story progresses. The more people start to remember. Not only do things open up in their world, but you see the physical changes of of Robert of Sentry. Right, he's like starts getting more together. Like the the cape becomes a little larger. The it's not clothespins anymore, kind of thing. And right, it's and those little visual cues to that are are so like so intelligently done. And that that thing that you just mentioned, the all of a sudden, the Reed goes back into the building and he's talking to Sue. And he's like, man, I just had this really weird experience, and this dude was up here, um, you know. And he and I feel like I'm supposed to remember who he is, but I'm not allowed to remember who he is. Does that make any sense? And then they turn and they look and they see the unicorn that Rob Reynolds gave to them, because um, Reed was the best man at his wedding. Yep. And what what's so brilliant about that scene is that if you think about it, if you've lived somewhere for a very, very long time. You have things in your life that you just take for granted. And you might not, right? Like, and I'm, I'm talking about like little tchotchkes yeah. and shit that are just up in your house and they've always been there. And if they were removed, right? Especially in a house like mine, because we got a lot of tchotchkes everywhere. But if there was something that was removed from like... In my office, for example, I have, you know, one shelf that is just full of, you know, like just odds and ends. And it's mm-hmm. got like a Snake Eyes and a Destro and the uh, the Great Mouse Detective Pops and Elliot and fucking uh, <laughs> like Pete's Dragon. So yep. Elliot and Pete, like all this weird disparate stuff is all together. And if you took something off of that shelf... I would know that you took something, but, but I probably couldn't tell you what it was outside of like two or three things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, because there's a we, shape missing. Like there's something yeah. that's in this hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something. And you just, you just become used to what it is. And then if something calls your attention to it, you know, like Louis CK has, has, or not Louis CK, 
uh, Lewis Black has a joke about that. He's like, no, you ever, you ever have one of those situations where, you know, you don't hear about something and everybody else is talking about it. And like your friends come up to you and you're like, oh my God, have you not heard about the bear shit in the woods? And you're like, no, I haven't heard about the bear shit in the woods. And then another person you ask, a person asks you about the bear shit in the woods. I say, no, I haven't heard about the fucking bear shit in the woods. And the next thing I know, the bear is following me home. You know, like that kind of thing. Like once you see something, you're like, oh my God, I like, I'd forgotten about or that spot had always been there. You notice like a little thing in your house or your room and you can't unsee it yeah. then it's the it's, and it's always been there it's the it's the theory of buying a new car you say yeah i want to buy this particular vehicle because i think it's unique and it's cool and i'm going to get it in red and then for the next month all you see it is every block in red yep air all over the place because your eye is just being drawn to it now they were there yeah, before I mean, you just didn't see them yeah it was always there Always there, yeah. but you didn't see it. So this really, really brilliant way of doing it. And once Reed and Sue start to realize this, you know, we get some flashback panels of, you know, of the actual wedding. Um, between, Looked like a lovely uh, service. Oh, really did. Very nice. Spared no expense. <laughs> Rob and Lindy getting married, and there's this VHS tape, like you said. So they watch the VH VHS tape, and about halfway through the VHS tape as they're showing, you know, these these really beautiful images that Jay Lee has done here. Rob Rob is on the train looking like a crazy homeless person still. Mm -hmm. And everybody on the subway in New York is looking at him like he is a crazy homeless person. And anybody who has ever ridden in the subway knows what I'm talking about. I'm not disparaging the homeless people by any stretch of the imagination. I am talking about the people that get on the train that you look at and go... I'm going to give you a wide path. <laughs> You're going to get a wide berth here. So yep, a wide berth. <laughs> it's exactly it, right? And that's what he's. That's how he's being treated on the. Nobody is seeing on the him. train. That's the thing. Like that's the that's yeah. that's it. Like he's sitting with the you know jacket, clothespins, towel on his back. And he's not being seen, which is in essence exactly what you're what you're saying. You know, you don't pay attention to the homeless guy. You you ignore it. You don't see it, right? Because if and you kind don't of see purposefully, it, it's not there, and it's not going to hurt you, or it's not going to be a, a danger. Or I don't way. have to think about it, right? If I see, if I don't look at the homeless guy that's on the train that I very obviously know is homeless. And I have an extra five bucks in my wallet that I don't need another fucking cup of coffee today. If I don't look at him, I don't have to give it to him. Right. And right. and we all do that. Yeah. Right. As much as we might not want to admit that we all do that. We all do shit like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So but what what's so brilliant about this issue is once Reed and Sue watch the VHS tape and see kids again, VHS tapes were what be, <laughs> oh, what happened Jesus, we before go we had streaming. So before right. streaming, we're just we're going to skip DVDs and Blu-rays. We're just streaming. <laughs> before that, VHS. It was stupid. It ate your tapes. It was garbage. As soon as they start to watch that tape, there's this really well done panel or a couple of panels of Robert walking down through an alleyway, and there's a flash. Mm -hmm. And now the clothespins are symbols. Yep. Like the Century S on the back of his, uh, you know, cape. And then we find out that the tape that they are watching is a message that Reed Richards has recorded for Reed Richards. Basically, if you're watching this, we're all fucked. It's like, 
<laughs> okay, cool. But if you've somehow found the tape and you are watching this message, then we are all as good as dead. And that is, if I'm not mistaken, a like a double page or single page yeah. uh, with just one large panel on it. Yep, yep. And it, it's just, I mean... It's scary. Impactful. <laughs> and, and the end, of, again, end of the issue. Yep. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> God damn it, you can't do this to me. Like, they... The cliffhangers in these books in particular were just were, outstanding. And, and you know what? You could feel like I read it in the trade form, so you can't you they don't there's no um they don't put the covers in. They will throw in like the um the graphics page, like the the artists yeah. right like they'll they'll put that in, but that's the splash not, page. The yeah. spl- that's not the first page of the book. So you don't know when issue one ends and issue two begins, but like it's a single panel of Reed going, hey, you fucked. You're like, oh, all right. Okay. That's probably where we're starting the next... Uh, yep, yeah, different different feel. Okay. So, it's just unbelievable. Like, this is... Visually, it's stunning. It, it, it's uh, un, unbelievable. And then the third issue is where things really start to change because that's the issue where Robert goes to visit the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And the relationship that they develop between the Sentry and the Hulk, this fabricated relationship that they develop over the course of like 22 pages is an incredibly heartwarming and touching and beautiful relationship for the between these two people. And you are instantly heartbroken when you see the Hulk is scared of the void mm-hmm. and is legitimately scared. Like yeah. not the Hulk being weird, but is legitimately scared. And you start to get that, and you see the Hulk's excitement first of like, ah, oh, Golden Man is back. And then you cut back to Reed and the Fantastic Four watching the tape, and the tape explodes. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then we go back again, and we're getting more of this developed story and the, you know, Sentry talking to the Hulk and trying to get him to think about Bruce Banner and really just... You got the feeling that at this point, the Sentry was the only person who ever understood the Hulk. And, like, it was mm-hmm. at this point where you started realizing back in the day of, like, okay, like, there, this part of it, obviously, like, I know this part of it is fake because they only published a couple of stories with the Sentry. So there's obviously not all this continuity, but they're doing, you know, they're they're laying this groundwork and putting it in there. And, and then... And they're doing it masterfully. Just, yeah, like I mean, fa- making the fa- this... The fact that they gave... All right, so the backstory for the Hulk himself is that he is angry because he's in pain. Like, his skin is on fire is the way they put it. And yeah. when he's around the Sentry, he's not in pain. He, the sentry because the Sentry's golden comfort. aura. Yeah. And that makes him calm. And, like, granted, he's still the Hulk, but he is controllable I guess is a, is a way to put it. And that, that right. shows how this one, you know, hero is being super to another superhero. Like the Hulk was a completely misunderstood character for such a long time. And this dude's like, yeah, he's, he's all right. He's, he's, yeah. he's fine. We just got to figure out a, a way to communicate. And, what a beautiful way to put that too, of the Hulk is not a mindless monster. He is in pain. Yeah. Like, legitimate pain. Not, I'm just angry at shit because I'm big and green. Yeah. But this hurts. Yeah. 
all the time. <laughs> and once you put it into that lens, it's like, well, all right, dude, go break a couple things, yeah. man. Yeah. I get you. <laughs> I, I'm all right, man. Like I, I, I can understand that. It there's an incredible amount of empathy woven throughout this entire. Oh story. my god! Yeah, I, it, it just for beautifully, every, beautifully for, for every character that shows up, like. So well, okay. So there's more backstory for for Reed and the Fantastic Four that we'll get to. But so far, we're we're talking about Bob, and figuring out how we're supposed to feel about him. And like, oh shit, this is becoming clearer and clearer that something has either happened to him or he has done something to himself for a good reason. Like, right. we need to feel something about that. We got to feel about the Hulk. Like, the, something happened where you know his only friend, if you will, was taken or removed from him in some way shape or form like we'll get into like the x-men and all of that spider-man stuff like there's every character that shows up in this story has a beautifully told backstory like this retconning i can't I, there's no other way to put it than other than masterful because no, I've, I've never seen it done better i i don't think it's it's never been tried to be even as close to this the the only thing that has come anywhere close to this, I think, and actually, if I if I really think about it, it might it might actually hit it uh, about the same, was what Brew Baker did with the Winter Soldier. Now, what they've done with the Winter Soldier subsequently, mm-hmm. maybe not as cool, but bringing Bucky back as the Winter Soldier, all the stuff that they did in that Captain America run, if it, it if it's not as good as this, it's pretty damn close. But those are two examples. Of just about the very best that you could possibly do it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? This isn't Superboy Prime punching himself back into existence. No, <laughs> you know, the, like or however the fuck Colossus came back, like yeah, some right. stupid shit he came out of a closet. It's like really, <laughs> like you've just had him in this broom he's closet the whole, time? the whole time. What are you doing? He's a big dude. This is dumb shit. So as we're going through this issue, though. The void is starting to come back, and you're starting to see the impact of the void. And you're in some weird foreign country that they don't really give a name of, but the the president or a politician goes out. Flopistan. That's where and, it goes. Yes, <laughs> and they say, you know, like, uh, um, you know, he's just, ah, I'm going out to, you know, shake hands and kiss babies. The people love me. Um, you know, I have to show them that it's okay. And they're like, no, sir. Actually, uh, we've quarantined the entire area. And then there's this just unbelievably heartbroken heartbreaking panel of an elephant dead on its side and there's all of this shadow that's around it and that shadow is the void and the void has left a mark here and killed this elephant and if you're someone like me who loves elephants (laughs) and just thinks they're the coolest things ever they're um, so big they're so big but so cool and (laughs) when they look at humans the same part of our brains that activate when we see puppies, that's the part of the elephant's brain that activates when they see us. That's great. We are elephant like that, puppies. I'm not even making that up. That is scientific fact. We are puppies to elephants, and that makes me very happy. I will roll on my belly. You can pet me with your trunk. Just fine. So... But oh my! I mean, you see, you see this thing, and you're like, "Fuck!" So like, okay, the the void is coming, and is I mean, just death and destruction mm-hmm. everywhere. And Reed is trying to figure out who this is and what's going on, and he finds some old files, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we this In is two thousand, 
yeah. <laughs> right? We're, we're kind of slamming headlong into the digital age. So to go back and find like paper files, like ew. I mean, the the visual of it is fantastic. It's like it's in an old closet, like a single door, and there's just one light hanging from a string <laughs> in the middle of the room. Like this is the Baxter fucking building, okay? Right. They have Robbie the Robot. Is that his name? If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like they do not. They should not have a banker's box of files anywhere. But but we all do. <laughs> it's there. All of us do. Like, go check your attic right now. Like, <laughs> especially if you're around our age, like in your 30s or 40s, and you're listening to this podcast, you have got papers that you have no business having right now. Why do I still have the paychecks from my first job? Like, that stub is not going to do me any good anymore, but nope, I have it. <laughs> you don't need that. You, that is just, it, it is a fact. That is not a thing you are ever going to need in your life again but every time you look at it you're like i mean but maybe maybe you never know i might yeah i might if I and it's audited. not taking up that much it's just a piece of paper <laughs> it's just a it's not a big thing it's not many it's a piece of paper <laughs> all, right. all right so what does he find in the closet i, I i'm like i'm, I'm reading so he it. finds yeah so he finds some files about the century and he starts like he starts going through it. We see uh, the Sentry okay. meeting Spider-Man, and he calls him Peter. And Spider-Man's like, "I don't know who this Peter is you're talking about." And he's well, like, he sounds no, cool. no, Peter. It's cool. <laughs> I know who you are. You know. And there's like, there's one, there's one thing in here that doesn't really land the way it did in 2000. They tell Robert Reynolds talks about, um, how Peter won a Pulitzer, and you're like, what the fuck? Like Peter's broke he didn't win a pulitzer prize for anything mm. um and then they talk about this bit that they did on the tonight show where the sentry and spider-man uh were pretending to not be gay and like it was a joke and like that would never be written now no. <laughs> and no. it's just like oh that doesn't land the same way as it did you know 20 years ago but well, but what i whatever. do like is that he wins the pulitzer isn't doesn't he win the pulitzer for the photo he took of the, of the century, century that now yeah. has to go away <laughs> But now, but and it went well away played. because nobody remembers anything about it. And he's just like he gives him that photo, and Spider Man starts to like trigger uh, some things. Like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I know this. You can see the Spider Man, the the Spider Sense goes off, and it's like I, it's just a blank piece of paper. But Spider Sense doesn't go off for a blank piece of paper, right? There's obviously something going on, and you get some cool flashbacks there of uh of sentry and spider-man teaming up and as reed richards is going through stuff fucking dr strange shows up yeah and back in the day when dr strange showed up it was bad shit be sideways it's officially yeah, it sideways like, at that oh, point god damn, damn it, it steven uh, we were having such a good party and you gone and ruined it and he there's this really incredible like uh, paul jenkins I think is one of, uh, he was, I mean, on top of the world at one point, as far as writers are concerned, right? Like, right. he was the guy that Marvel trusted to tell Wolverine's origin mm -hmm. story. Yep. He did the Logan book. Yes, he did. And then you don't hear about him anymore. No. Like, Paul Jenkins has kind of gone away, and it's, it's crazy. I've always thought he was just this really, really incredibly talented writer, and he's got this really in really well written interaction between reed and uh between reed and dr strange and what i liked about it so much in this book so much 
is that so much of it has these kind of real world allegories of like, if you know you have a question and I know the answer to the question and I tell you that the answer is really going to upset you, would you still ask me that question? And that's, that's like, that's yeah, yeah. I, no, I I don't have an answer for that question that you. That's yeah. that's some real world shit, you know. Like, cause we've all been there as adults. Yeah. We have those questions, right? Like, and you can even think about it. Like, a very base level example would be, you know, if you go to your significant other in a relationship, and you go to your partner, and you say you've had some suspicions for a little while, and you ask them the question, "Have you been cheating on me?" Well, are you, you prepared for that answer? You don't even have to go that far. It's let's let's go like this. You're talking to your significant other and you're like, "Hey, tell me about your past partners." You don't want the answer to that. Right? You are, don't. Do you do you want some of some of us can handle it. Some no. of us cannot. No. Right? <laughs> Most of us cannot and don't yes. actually want that answer. You're right. <laughs> like especially if we're talking about me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's ruin people. Disgusting, Anywho. disgusting nonsense to bring up. <laughs> Yet again, we're gonna go <laughs> back to the visuals of this interaction. That like stunning. It, it is stunning, and there is a scene. Like I don't know if it's an if it's an image of just strange where they're going back and forth with like I, you know, are you choosing to get the answer to the question you told me not to give you the answer to kind of thing, and right. he just like puts his hand over his heart, and I'm like. I feel an emotion from this cartoon. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can see what you're it trying to affecting. do. It is affecting. Yes. So good. So And he so does, the, I, there's a point in time where he does the finger thumb, you know, the finger guns, but he makes a little TV box, <laughs> pew, pew. but he makes a TV box and you see another picture in it. I was like, that's genius. Oh. That's how he watches things. <laughs> that's how he's watching the show. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the things like about this book, like, I was not really a huge Fantastic... I'm still not a huge Fantastic Four fan. Never mm -hmm. never really have been. Yeah. Um, this is like my favorite version of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Like just the, the interactions that he has with Reed and Sue and, and Thing and, and Johnny. Like it is... Oh, it's, it's outstanding. Yeah. Just outstanding. Yeah. And like his version of Doctor Strange is just incredible. Like, dude, this is... Man, you were doing good work. So at this point, right? So now we're, that's the third issue of the book. Yes. Right? So we get one more issue of the main Century series where they start to explain some more things. So Doctor Strange basically says, you know, the, the answer to the question that you're about to ask me is how our universe ends. You sure you want to know that, Reed? Because like, there's nothing bit? you can do about it. Because that's kind of heavy. There's not nothing you can do about it. But like, I'll, I'll give it to you if you want it. So then, next issue, we jump forward, and now we're the Sentry is going off to talk to some other people, and he goes to talk to Charles Xavier. And you know, so we're starting to see like, oh my God, this guy's had interactions with literally everybody, mm -hmm. right? Everybody in the Marvel universe. Like, this was a big, important character, and they. They do a thing in this book, and they did it with the Hulk, and they do it again with um, with Professor X, where they show those characters as scared. Yeah. And that's not a thing that happens very often in the course of Marvel Comics storytelling. 
No, so, that's that, but that's the thing. Like they're supposed to be fearless in, in the face of danger, in and, in the face of crazy anything. Yeah, but this World thing eating, scares Galactus them. And, you know, this this is this is whew, it's too much. It's too much, and we start to see some more of that with some really weird superheroes. I don't know um, who they are. They're some like foreign team, and the Void shows up and like just takes all them out. Yeah, is it and, European? Yeah, it looks like some European thing. Um, Excalibur, maybe, at that point. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I mean, beautifully drawn. (laughs) Oh, God, stunning. But then we cut to some stuff of uh, Peter Parker at the Daily Bugle asking Robbie, because Robbie was still alive at this point. I think he's been dead in the comics for a while. Yeah. Well, um, what we didn't mention is, so um, Bob tells Reed to remember the wedding. And oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, Peter, when he tells Spider-Man. Hey, yeah. just think about the fact that some of these major magazines are missing issues. Why? Why is, like, the issue of, you know, 722 of time not around anymore? Yeah, why can't you find that anywhere? So Right, and we start to see that, like, Peter is is looking for it. And Peter asks Robbie, he says, you know... Clarion, which was a magazine that the Daily Bugle put out, he says it skips from 742 to 744. I can't find 743. And there's a panel of Robbie, and he says there is no 743. It doesn't exist. It's not allowed to. And like, that was spooky. What what the, the, like, that is fucking spooky, right? (laughs) And then next panel, we start to see like the image starts to come into focus, and okay, it's the picture that Peter took of. The century, mm-hmm. so that's why we don't. It's the see reversal it. of the Back to the Future thing. Yeah, like, like he's coming back. Yeah, into that's the, yeah, that's what it is. It's <laughs> the reversal of the Back to the Future. So then we see Sentry interacting with Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and Sentry is starting to get pissed at this point. Of like, you guys betrayed me. Something happened, and you're not fucking telling me. And I don't care for that. And he's starting to get angry, and as he's getting angrier. Right, the void is getting closer and closer. So he's got to like find a way to team up with these heroes. But we see some backstory of all of them together. And at one point, Robert says to all the other heroes, right? He's in full Sentry garb, and he's like, "Sentry has to die." I'm like, what? Fuck? <laughs> what Why? Am, what am what I? The, that's a jump. <laughs> what am I reading here? Right? Mm-hmm. And there. They keep telling it of, like, there's just these little fragments that all these characters remember. But, again, as it's... Jay Lee does this really incredible job of changing the character, keeping the face the same, but as the the costume changes, as he becomes the sentry, pieces of the pajamas and the jacket and whatever start to become, you know, the the full-fledged costume. Mm -hmm. And by this point in issue four... We see the sentry in the full-fledged costume, and he's walking through these dirty sections of New York City, and he sees his watchtower, his fortress. Oh, that 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 single page, so cool, so like you, you feel like it's moving, like yeah. Like when you turn that page and you get to that page, you feel like that thing is like popping out of the ground, or so like it's an actual moving photograph, if you will. And it, it, like there's this electricity to it, yeah. God damn, it, it's, is good. It's just unbelievable, right? So mm-hmm. that's issue four. Like, we close off there. Issue five, we start getting to the real story, right? He goes in there. He's got this thing called clock. It's this big brother eye fucking looking thing. 
yeah. that's in there and starts trying to figure out like, all right, so you're running a program here. It's blocking everybody's memories of me. What the hell is going on? We start to get these, you know, these backstories. Professor X is still super scared. And eventually, um, Sentry disables that virus, basically, mm-hmm. that the Watchtower is sending out. And as soon as he disables the virus, everybody starts to remember. Yes. The entire world starts to remember. And there's this really great line that's in there of everybody starts to remember who you were and they start to feel safe again. But then they remember the void. Mm -hmm. And it's the void is coming. And then they get scared again. It's that fear of the dark, that irrational feel fear of the dark, right? You know, the... yeah. I'm not afraid of being alone in the dark. I'm afraid of not being, being alone. alone in the dark. What is the dark hiding from me? <laughs> right. No. What can I not see? And then we see that at some point, Reed Richards, they, they stage this funeral and he comes out and says the sentry was a traitor. Yeah. And, you know, like they, they had to bury him and they had to get rid of him. And Sentry's starting to get pissed off, starting to figure out what the hell is going on. And then all of a sudden we get back to his sidekick. Because apparently he had a sidekick back in the day who, in a fight with the Void, like, lost his arm and his pajama. He thought they were pajamas in his closet, but now he realizes it's a superhero costume and his mom's all pissed off at him leaving, <laughs> which I thought was a really funny panel. Um, you know, and he flies back to his wife, his wife who had left him for being an alcoholic, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. Like, I forgot. Can you ever forgive me? Yeah. You know, and... I, just these these really incredibly heartwarming moments between these characters of like, of course I forgive you. Like, I, I forgot who I was, right? Mm-hmm. I can't be mad at you for not, not knowing this. And it's, for remembering what I didn't remember. Right? <sighs> and it's this, you know, it's this incredible journey of this addict, like, finding validation that he's not as crazy as he thought, but it's still dangerous to himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and he doesn't know why. Like he, there's something he knows that there's something going on, and he doesn't know the he parts of the story. He doesn't know the full story yet, and the parts of the story that he knows are starting to piss him off, like you said. But that story is not completed yet. Like he knows that, which is right. Such good storytelling. And then we get we get to the culmination of this first part of it. Yes, the growling of of Watchdog. Yes, that little shitsu of a looking dog. <laughs> His little watchdog is growling, and there is a hurricane that is rotating clockwise. Mm-hmm. That's not what they do. Nope. <laughs> so, if that ever happened IRL, we'd all be fucked. Yep, <laughs> like that would be a stunning cataclysmic event. But it is the void. The void is here. He is off the coast of New York City. And the sentry sends out a message for everybody to come and fight. And they do. They all show up. The Fantastic Four, Captain America, Spider-Man, like, everybody remembers who Robert Reynolds is. Everybody knows he's the Void. His sidekick is there. He is back to being a hero. He, you know, is calling people son, mm-hmm. like Captain America. He is He is fully back. Yep. Right. And him and Reed have this little go-round And then what they did that I thought was so cool at this point was you get this moment at the end of issue five of all the heroes gathered. And then the next week, 
the next couple of weeks, there was a new Century book that came out, and you got the Century and the Hulk, the Century and Spider-Man, the Century and the X-Men, and it was the Century and the Fantastic Four. So you got four issues of what those characters were thinking about in that, like, 30 seconds before the shit went down. Yep. And they are good good tertiary books like they really are like i in in the the trade they actually throw those four in right at this juncture yep. um because it's not absolutely pertinent to the story but it is definitely helpful and it strengthens the story you just get so much more of the backstory behind them and the, the one that i think is the weakest of the four is the fantastic four one Mostly because I have never been a fan of Phil Winslade's art. Mm-hmm. Um, eh. There's something that's a little... Um, it's not old school enough and not new school enough. You know, gotcha. like it was in this weird um, kind of point. But there's this really great story between like the first time that Spider-Man and the Sentry go off and do something. And the Void is teamed up with Kingpin in a very old school looking story. (laughs) Um, And in this story, you see what the void does to people because Spider-Man gets stabbed by one of the voids, Infinitendrils, which is an amazing name. (laughs) That is so great. So as he gets stabbed with it though, like what's crazy about this panel is that we're supposed to think about this as like this being, you know, like Spider-Man week two. You know what I mean? Right, like this right, very real early on. Real, real early Spider-Man. And as he gets stabbed with the infinite tendril, it shows him his future. And the dialogue boxes that are here on this, it's one whole page, and you see Captain Stacy dying, you see the Green Goblin, you see Gwen Stacy, and he even says, like, is that Gwen? She's happy and alive. Why is she so sad? And then you see Mary Jane. He doesn't know who Mary Jane is yet, but he sees her in his future. And he sees himself at the end, broken and alone and in a wheelchair. Yeah, That is what the void shows him. And it's like, well, go God. Dick. (laughs) Because most of that has come true at this point, right? Like all of that has come true. So you get that whole story and Peter winning the Pulitzer uh, for taking the picture of the century back in the day and then the issue with him and the hulk is so beautiful Mm -hmm. it is just this incredible incredible issue that is drawn by bill sinkevich and Uh, just keep in mind so that everybody knows that all of these tertiary stories are written by jenkins different artists on each of them but it's not another writer artist team you know, cashing in on this storyline. It's a continuation of the same... It's a deepening of that story, which is done by the same writer, which doesn't always happen. That's when it starts... Yeah, again, you know, it's it, it sideways. kind of a rarity so. in this sort of thing. But this this Hulk issue, I am a huge Bill Sienkiewicz fan. Uh, yeah. I, he is one of, one of my favorites. And again, I know he's not for everybody, the very rough, sketchy style, but it's. I think it's the third or fourth page in um, there's this just this image of Hulk and Banner's face and old comic book covers mixed in with it uh, and, and the sentry flying yeah. above it. Yeah. it. It's one of the most stunning things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is un-goddamn believable how great this this page is. And, you know, you get... The, here is where you get all the backstory of 
the Hulk is calmed by the century and you start to understand like how Hulk was a hero at some point in the and the Sentry was able to help him, and it just makes the Hulk story so much more heartbreaking. It's like, fuck you guys for doing that. <laughs> like, you you know, because, like, I know this is all bullshit now, but, like, god damn it, fuck you guys for doing that, you bastards. And then there's this other panel in this book, too, of showing the Hulk's future. And there's, you know, it starts off at the top of the page with the Joe Fix-It Hulk. You know, the bouncer in Las Vegas. I love and it's one of my favorite Hulks. Ends with the maestro. So it's visually stunning uh, and it, it like oh my god this is the it, like Sienkiewicz's art is like it could have been you could have done either artist whether it be Jay Lee or Bill like each one of their takes on this story is stunning like the other two yeah. like the other two that we spoke about alright there's just standard arts it's just it's just a standard story but like the way they're telling this yeah, story good. visually is breathtaking and it's like normally like when i when i'm reading a story i like it that the same artist is it's the same all the way through like i with with this story you got the flashbacks that are by the same artist slightly different style okay i'm okay with that because it still has the same feel it still has the same electricity when you jumped into the fantastic four and the spider-man it didn't have that same feel but it still kept the story going which was great this has that same feel and the same passion that you could tell by just in each of these panels because it's it's that full page with the inset box it's not the standard six panel page layout and right jay lee does that bill does like they do it so well and it's hard it right? is. it's hard to do that well it is like there's a reason that most comic book artists operate within a kind of standard panel layout because that makes sense mm-hmm. i mean it's hard to not do that looking at this at this issue most of the pages are two tops three panels yeah that the pages just split in the middle storytelling of just visual storytelling and a lot of times artists can't do that in one panel they have to break it up to get the story moving and this is done fantastically it's done perfectly this is this is you know, this is how people should be taught how to do it. Yeah, the, it really is the kind of thing Master where you're like, oh, you want to be a comic book artist? Yeah. This is what you need to be able to do. And if you can't look at it and understand it, then you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. You will one day. Yeah, I get, get you know, that. but but this is it. This is like so. I'm this curious. Is comic book art. Now we, I, I know how we both feel about the Hulk story. How did you feel about the the X Men story that came up next? Uh, it, it's I think the most uh the most dispensable one. Okay. Uh, the one you could get rid of the easiest, uh, but it is beautifully told. It gives Angel a nice moment. I feel it gives the best story about the century. Like all of the yeah, other I ones are that. about yeah. the characters, like right. about Peter, about Fantastic Four, about the Hulk. This one is about the century. How, granted, it's told through the lens of Angel, who is now Archangel, um, right. but it's showing what the century did for him you know this is the type like i learned this from this guy because of the person that he was and yeah it, i mean granted really didn't progress the story along but it's like damn like this is a big deal that this guy is gone it's like removing captain america or superman from dc like fuck. right like the impact that superman has had yeah. on on every hero he's ever inter- interacted with and all of a sudden, they have to forget who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just crazy. 
But then the general, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know the general was a cool villain. <laughs> but then we get to the final issue in the set, <sighs> the Sentry versus the Void, and this is the big climactic battle. This and is the payoff. The twist. What a twist. Oh, the twist mm -hmm. that hits here. So there was I a mean, big bus accident know, and everybody died the end. No? The end. It was very weird. <laughs> so Superman came in. <laughs> we we go through the whole thing and you get this incredible story and like I was excited that the sentry was back. I was like, all right, this is a cool hero. I man. Like, like this guy. Do... Hopefully he'll stick around. Yeah, they're gonna do some really cool stuff with this. And then you come to find out in a brilliant bit of storytelling that the serum that created the sentry also created the void because his greatest enemy is indeed himself. The evil version of him is the void. And it's like, oh, dude. Bitch. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you understand along with all of the characters. Because what, what I also really liked about the way this book is done is that you get the information with the characters. Like, with the characters, as they are learning this information, you are learning this information mm -hmm. as well. It's not one of those, like, well, I am the omnipotent narrator here, and I know everything. Yeah, there is no Watcher. There is no yep. Uwatu, or however you pronounce his name. This is not yeah, being told, you know, 45 hours ago. Like, no. Right. <laughs> we're all getting this together. So as it hits the character, it hits you of, like, we have to send him away again. Because that's literally the only way to defeat this thing. Mm -hmm. We had to forget who he is because as good as he is, the shadow side of him is that dangerous. Yeah. And this is why we did it. And you're like, oh my God, the ultimate sacrifice, right? He mm -hmm. has to sacrifice himself and all the good he has done, he has to go away again. Because all of that's like, all of it. All Everybody of it. has to forget. Yeah. And it's just heart fucking wrenching. God. Heart damn wrenching. It. Damn yeah. this emotional funny pages. God damn. Oh, my heart. I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful book that affected like Paul Jenkins was able to do a line wide crossover without touching any other book. Mm hmm with just having it self-contained in these, you know, he, he, uh, 10 issues he and it's absolutely stunning. convinced everyone that the century was around, that he came back and that he left again. Like that's the storytelling that he did. Like this was a character that has come back from the past. I should have known who this was. And this magical thing that he has in his tower worked on me as well because I forgot. I forgot too. Like, you're like, that's that's how powerfully done this story is. It was uh, man, we got some good taste in comic books. I'm not gonna lie. We really do. Jeez. And so the century did eventually come back. And he's dead again uh, right now, currently. Yeah, see but like yeah. Yeah. And he's been back before and he was an Avenger. Um, you know, he was part of Bendis's new Avengers and they did some good stuff with it. And then it got a little wonky again because you can't have the century without the void. Correct. And like, 
you know, it got a little wonky in places and they, they killed him off again. He is definitely a character that works best in small doses. And like, if this had been the only thing that ever happened, it would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that came after it tarnish it a little bit. Um, but this is still one you always of the... Have it. Like, I'm not of the mindset, you know, the prequels kill sure. the original trilogy kind of thing. Like, this sure. is... This is... Will stand the test of... And it has already. What is this? 10 years old? 20. 20 years old? Yeah. Yeah. This is still as... Like, this could have been printed last month. Yeah. And, like... So, the, the story around... The story itself is incredible. The art is incredible. The writing is incredible. You know... Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee are, are have did incredible, incredible work here. The fact that they got so many other people to buy into it to tell this fun story of this forgotten hero and Stanley giving interviews and Wizard <laughs> publishing things and like I mean, really do yourself a favor if you can find the trade, the trade that was printed in I think I was like 2018 or something like that. They put it out. Um, Century mm -hmm. Volume One that has all, all the it, interviews yeah. with uh, Stan Lee and Joe Casada. Like, if you can go back and read that stuff, I mean, they are selling it hard, and it was just, it it was just fun. It was a cool idea that they somehow managed to pull off, and I don't, I don't know if you could do that now. Probably you know, not. with with I the mean, way like people it's... spoil everything <laughs> yeah, now, it has. Been I don't done. know that it could be done. It could be done. <sighs> Back in the day when it was only in print that you could find this stuff out. Like, that's why, like, getting, if they didn't get Wizard on board, like, it would have been a tough sell, but I still think they could have done it, especially with the way they told this story. Yeah. Um. But having that, like, that was, that was the comic book internet, <laughs> you know? It was. It was. It was a printed version of the internet, so. Once a month, we got to go look at rumors on a message board, you know, it just happened to be in a magazine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just. Such good stuff. Great picture. sir believably great 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 pick now it gets harder from here on out because we've done the two best no <laughs> <laughs> everything else is shit from this point forward i am pleased with my next month's pick and i know i'm excited to hear what it is yeah i know you're not gonna you haven't read it yet and this is something that i wanted you to read so oh because um, i mean i already know my next month's pick like, i'm go. already i'm ready like this is good i like i like the fact that we're jazzed about these main topics like we could bullshit yeah. you know we know each other well enough that we could bullshit for the half hour 45 minutes on the front end we don't need you know, a script, if you will. It's this part. No. Like, we need to be jazzed about. And I'm waiting for the time that you pick something and I go, oh, fuck you. That sucks. I'm waiting for that one. It, I feel like it's going to be a minute. Um, but <laughs> NFL Super Pro, the whole thing. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing NFL Super Pro followed by Sleepwalker. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Sleepwalker is so good. You're going to read it eventually. I and you're going to see sure what I, I see. You know, it, it'll be, I make you read something pinnacle for Moon Knight. You make me read something pinnacle for Sleepwalker. That, that'll be, that'll be the yeah, two. Yeah, but I thing. like Moon Knight. I don't not like Sleepwalker. I just don't know <laughs> enough about him. That's the problem. I know, like, the, the main bits and pieces, so. Yeah, you're going to have to find something weirder than Moon Knight. I really like Moon Knight. Okay. I especially like David Finch's run on Moon Knight. Oh, that's a, gr that's a great run. David Finch and Charlie Houston. Have you ever read any of Charlie Houston's uh, Joe Pitt vampire casebooks novels, by the way? No. Really good. Okay. Like, cheesy and kind of silly, like a vampire <laughs> detective kind of thing, but it, it's really good. What was, I oh, was at the shop the other day? What was that, that, um, that comic that came out? It was... 
a detective who was, I want to say, everything tied into each other. Oh, fuck. I don't know. We talked about it on Paper Cuts eons ago. But they made it into a television show. Dirk Gently. Oh, Dirk Gently, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I was at uh, the comic shop just the other day, and apparently someone had ordered it through their store, and that came in. I'm like, oh, shit, I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Douglas Adams, man. Douglas Adams is great. Yeah. Love Dirk Gently. All right. Anyway, what is your pick? I'm so so, excited. So I asked you to read this a while ago. This is Mm -hmm. an independently published book. Okay, so it might be a little tougher for others to find, but I'm telling you, I take my word for it. It is worth it. Uh, The title of the book is The Adventures of Parker Reef. Okay, Um, Mm. it is done by a friend of mine, Art and Story. I don't want to give too much away, but it is one of the most powerful books that I have ever read. Emotionally. Okay. Um that's the that's that I want I want you to experience it for what it is. Um I will get you a digital version of it so that you can read it. I'm pretty sure I have it on my on my server as of right now. There Excellent. are there are um there's a, a backstory to it, but I want you to read the book first because the backstory is included in the trade that is okay. you know and then read that and I want to see if that how the story by itself you feel and then after reading the backstory how that how that may change your view of it and i'm telling you there's the possibility that you may want to reread it after reading the backstory hmm okay uh it's the adventures of parker reef by chris campana both art and and story i'm excited Mm -hmm. i love that we're going like indie books this is real indie this is self-published Real indie, like I will, I will put in the show notes availability for it because he is a good friend of mine. He's a great artist, one of the, like good friend, great artist, and this story that he is telling is so personal that like I'm telling, like I was, had I been in another part of my life, I probably would have been crying wholeheartedly by the end of it. <laughs> so, had you been in the part of your life that I am currently in, yes, <laughs> I will be crying. Yes. yes. Cool. Yes. There it is. The Adventures of Parker Reef. Yay. Volume 1. All right. Volume 2 is coming out soon. Well, uh, that is going to, uh, I think, put a pin in this month's episode of this week's episode <laughs> of the Paper Cuts <laughs> Podcast, Volume 2, Issue 3. Stone Age Thank Gamer. Thank you all. <laughs> Stone Age Gamer. Thank you all so much for listening. Puzzle We and really dragons. do appreciate it. Puzzle and Dragons <laughs> definitely play it. Sin, Sin Dragons and Key Heroes going on right now. You get uh, like 150 free stones. Just log in. You know what? Here, I'm going to ask you a question because I put Pad back onto my phone and I started playing Did it. you? Yeah, because, you know, I needed another, you know, shithouse game where i'm sitting sure. on the wall sure why is everything super rare i don't because it's supposed <laughs> to make you feel good okay because if everything is super rare nothing is <laughs> no it's true but like do you ever buy baseball cards when yes. you were a kid yes right you go to a baseball <laughs> card shop you open up the pack of cards in the shop and the owner is like oh my god that one's really good mm-hmm. and it's like fucking nobody it's yeah. like you know dick standish <laughs> you're like who is dick Standish? he's like Nah, man, that's a really good one. Here, let me give you a uh, penny sleeve and a top loader. Because then you're hooked because it's fucking gambling. That's why. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, 
super that's, come on i know i know i i get it i get it, it. it over and over again i know uh mail at geekade.com uh what's the name of this this the paper cuts podcast paper in cuts the subject podcast. line if you want us to read something specific we will actually take suggestions and we will we will check it out and talk about it yeah, so uh, hopefully I mean, you read the century along with us. Uh, the Adventures of Parker Reef is your uh, homework for next month. We do um, have a Discord as well, and uh, yes. someone actually made comment about the fact that we that, like there's a lot of century out there. Now this the next one is not so you know available, but in our Discord we will put up imagery of the books that we are asking you to read. Um, just the covers. I I don't want to you know give digital downloads right. to anybody or whatnot. But just so that you know, like because when you look up like the century, there's three or four different volumes. You know stuff like right. that. So you we want, want everybody you on want the same volume page. one from two thousand. Yeah, that's and what you're looking for. This this one is Adventures of Parker Reef. There is only one volume, but it is an indie book. So we will put out a link in the Discord as well as the show notes. Awesome. If you want to follow any of us on social media, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at GeekAidDan. Evan, you're on Twitter at GeekAidEvan, right? That is correct. Oh, as well as Not, Instagram as well. Oh, Instagram as well. That's right. I follow you on Instagram as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends, like, subscribe, uh, leave a review. What else are you supposed to say? Smash that like button for more <laughs> fucking Dean, do the thing. Wait, that's wrong. <laughs> nope, that's not it no, either. That's not it. Okay. So we will talk to you guys again in uh, a about a month's time, month maybe shorter. You know, basically as we have time to do this, we will. Yeah. So, Evan, it's been a blast. As Thank always, you so sir. much for doing this with me. Great talking. Um, talk to you soon. Good night. Good night. <laughs>